Luckily, I'm recording this. Who knows if this will be the start of the podcast? You never know. So, uh, Getting better acquainted with your own audio neurosis. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and as this is a podcast, obviously, it's not going to go out live, um, but it is being recorded. So if you speak, you know, know that you might be broadcast on the internet. So be careful with what you say, but feel free to speak at some points. Uh, don't feel intimidated. Yeah, you can speak, uh, Helen, at some points for definite. Can people hear us all right without the microphone? I mean, I know people can hear me, all right. You can right. always gather around a bit. I'm sort of, yeah, 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 that's right. Let's, let's everybody move closer. Let's get better acquainted uh, with the room. Uh, the sound is coming through nicely there. And while we're all moving around, that will be lovely in yes. terms... So this is like one of the most pointless things that you can do really in terms of bringing an instrument all the way to a gathering for a for a theme tune that's shorter than a shorter than a minute theme tune. That's, that's what I'm doing, um, and I'm also going to tune it because it upsets me when it's not in tune. But then it's going to be like the tuning's going to take longer than the actual. Uh, thing. Well, this is good. I mean, this is how you should always start a kind of conversation. You're really revealing a lot behind the curtain. I am. This is yeah. This is the process, and that's what I guess. That's I guess what I do <laughs> is uh, do awkward things in public in front of people, <laughs> and sometimes they like it. That's kind of what I do. Uh, so this is all right for that. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. That doesn't sound entirely in tune. Is that going to bother? I know you particularly know music. That's always nerve-wracking. Nerve well, slightly out of tune. Apologies to everybody. I want to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. There we go. There we go. Hello. So today we're getting better acquainted with Helen. Uh, hello, Helen. Hello, Dave. I, I feel like uh, people at home won't know this, but you need a longer headphone cord. To oh yeah, sit comfortably. that's really true. Uh, so I'm going to be like dipping in and out of the monitoring. But they they won't really know about that, but it sounds all right to me. Um, so the first uh, thing that I ask my guests is, how do you know me? Uh, I suppose I know you, Dave, through the medium of podcasting, uh, because uh, you got in touch when we were both we were both uh, nominated for a Sony Radio Academy Award in the same year. That's right. Um, Double a... Sony nominated building. I don't know how how they can how, yeah. how, it, how, can, can, it, how it can stand. Um, it's, a, <laughs> it's a very garlanded uh, getting better acquainted, and um, and it feels inappropriate for people like us to be uh, nominated for such things that the radio industry takes so incredibly seriously that the BBC will spend thousands of pounds just entering every year. And then you get amateurs like us just making shows uh, from our living rooms or from libraries in Whitechapel yeah. uh, for because we like it. Uh, and you're in a room with these people, so it's quite discombobulating. So uh, it, was, it was reassuring when you got in touch with me because uh, you're a human being. <laughs> and yeah. you're not an enormous corporation. 
Well, uh, well, that's a, well, that's an interesting thing though because you're a podcaster. So Helen's uh, podcast is Answer Me This. Uh, people might have heard of it, um, and it's, it's I think it's the biggest entertainment-based podcast in the UK. It's one of those. I think there's like one of those ones where you have to put a few a several few, provisos yeah, 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 yeah. that's made in uh, Crystal Palace in a living room. Right. In my, yeah, in my living room. Then it gets down to being being a truism. I don't know. I can't. I can't measure these things. It's so, all right. But so, but so for me, like in in the podcasting world, <clears throat> like reaching out to you guys, it was like these guys are they're they're, they're like the big you know. And as soon as soon as I sort of met met them, they're You're like, oh, they're just they're people. Guess what? They're just normal dickheads. People. Uh, and and and. The, <laughs> But that's how we, we first. That's how we first met. Really, yeah. was uh, in a similar, not as, as not that similar in that there wasn't a load of people uh, watching us at the time. But with this microphone, indeed, uh, and we first in, met on your podcast. That's right, really? in the Royal Festival Hall. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and but it's not. Uh, we were with my podcasting partner Ollie then, and now I get my own one. So it feels like counselling yeah or <laughs> you've been saying this in the in the, in the run-up Helen's yeah. been saying she's worried that I'm gonna sort of uh, make her reveal loads and loads about her psyche well not even make me it will just come out you've just and been I'll waiting have, for have, this opportunity yeah I've been waiting 33 and a half years and then suddenly my psyche's gonna crack and reveal itself I, I don't yeah I, I don't know I don't the know the floor's waterproof so I mean that's good. that is how I find it to be though that people only reveal their psyches when they're re- when they're ready I'm just like a conduit like sometimes <laughs> sometimes psyches get revealed on my show and sometimes they don't but uh, <laughs> conversation is always interesting regardless um, yeah I mean I should say something about the, the location of where we are for people listening at home um, we're in an, what they call an ideas store here but what they call in all of the places I've worked so I, I work my day job is working in the libraries, uh, so it's interesting to be coming in on a, a day that isn't uh, my working day to a library to do something that I don't normally do in my day job, which is have conversations. Yeah, um, I did play a little ditty. I did. Which is quite like your Yeah, day well, job. my current day job, I work with kids, and so uh, there, there is a ukulele element to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but for years before that, I just worked in libraries, and so I sort of stacked, stacked shelves, and uh, I vowed never to... To do that again but I may may end up doing that next year you never know I mean I'm looking at these books because I used to work in a bookshop and I'm noticing they're not perfectly aligned with the edge of the shelf <laughs> so well, it's going to be very difficult to concentrate on this I mean, yeah I mean that's that's why I wasn't very good at work well I, I think I was all right working in the in libraries but I didn't I didn't feel the need to I was more more be likely to read the back of the book and, and, and like the middle of the book anything really that doesn't involve me having to line things up and and count numbers in the Dewey Decimal System. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, cool, yeah. Pretty wrong career for you, I know. Well, it, it's all right. But it's weird to be in a, in a, in a library uh, in this context. And it's kind of, it's kind of yeah, it's, it's weird. And, and the it's other, a modernist library, though, in that there are very few books here. Sure. <laughs> sure, but there's a few flaws. There's a few flaws. So yeah. I think we should. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, since I'm, I'm not going to, uh, comment on the, the the fact that they're called ideas stores um so <laughs> do you think ideas shouldn't be commercialized in that way or stored, they be stored. well the, the libraries are definitely an idea store so i mean if no, we're going to no. rebrand them that's a, a, an adequate rebranding and that's probably all i should say really <laughs> uh, um i hear i hear a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of rumblings in the library circuits about about whether things should be called idea stores i but, thought those rumblings were the ideas slightly bursting <laughs> at the seams the walls yeah, you got it about right. Um, so, yeah, the second question that I ask everybody <clears throat> is, what do you do now? Which oh, I guess we've sort of covered old, on. Same but... old. I, yeah, I guess I mainly 
either sit around talking in front of a mic or sit silently in my flat in a despairing <laughs> what I'm doing in my life and uh, why I never got a proper job. So, I mean, so, I mean, do you think, like, so you do lots of things freelance, right? Yeah. That's your thing. Mm. Um, at the moment, your way of making money. I mean, do you, I mean, free, do you think that there is, like, like when people say, I, I, and I say it all the time, even though I've got a proper job, yeah. I should get a proper job. Or yeah. I shouldn't I get a proper job. I mean, what is a proper job? Like, I know. In, it's something that no one's going to give me. That's what, that's what <laughs> I mean, but isn't that what I'm, what I'm getting at really is that, that the grass is always greener, I guess. And but like when you're in a freelance position, you're like, why don't I have a stable salary and all of the sort of things oh, that I want? But well, I, I really like the grass that I've got. But I just feel like a dickhead for liking it so much. I feel like I should like some more, rather more grown-up grass that is, uh, you know, it can be trusted to be growing all year round, etc. I don't know whether I'm taking this. I'm uh, interested to see how far. No, it's good. I like. I like. I'm happy for those dogs to come and piss on my grass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. That's like. I was just. I was just thinking. What else does grass do? <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, that, that's the sort of bit that if it wasn't a live version, I'd probably like cut out my inability to respond <laughs> to the to, okay. to the thing. But, uh, oh, but you, you can all mentally edit this now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to be editing this later. Mild if it's... head injury or something should take up the last <laughs> 30 seconds. If you want. So yeah, I mean, because it's a literary festival, mm. I sort of thought that what I would sort of focus on is the literary areas of your freelance yeah. sort of experience. Okay. Of which there are many. They actually are. Yeah. I, I, you know, Wikipedia, Wikipedia did you up like you do to all did your friends. You? Did it say that uh, I had to compile an index of a book about the Queen's stamp collection? No, it didn't say that, but that well, sounds an excellent place to start. You would think a computer could do that, but I had to. So, That's what indi- if you ever look at a book index, just remind yourself that some poor human being was paid a low wage to do that with their minds and hands and it's not just automatically there. <laughs> and feel sad about that expense of human time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think any, anybody that's, that's had to do a little bit of a bibliography thing cool. for, like, a, some academic thing can yeah. slightly sympathise, but... Yeah, we're all in this together. But that's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. That's, indexes. That's <clears throat> yeah. time. Just, yeah, different sides. Just different ends of the same... The same uh, the continuum. It's the same end of a book, usually. It's at the ends. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I don't know what kind of books you've been reading. That's true. Today. I don't <laughs> know, really... I mean, I don't really know what I'm saying, really. I just, like, words come out of my mouth and hopefully they form some kind of sense. <laughs> podcasting. Uh, but, but exactly right. I mean, the, the, the trick to podcasting really is just to keep talking, isn't well, it? you just record one of every phoneme and then edit it together into proper sentences. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that. what I do. But you, yeah, that's not far different from some, type, some points of my editing, <laughs> uh, editing moments. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, well, well, I didn't know about that. That's, yeah, that, that. Do you have any, like, more, like, kind of, uh, what was, like, strange literary yeah. experiences right. before I go into the what Wikipedia knows? Okay, I, I, I picked out the worst index I ever did because the reason why that index is particularly bad is because it's about the royals, A, not interested in royals or stamps. B, you've got, say, George V, the man, and George V, the man on the stamp <laughs> in several different countries of the world. And to have to commit all this to mind is uh, pretty horrible. That was even worse than having to do an index of a book about the Marlebone Cricket Club, in which I'm also not interested. Um, done a lot of proofreading, done book editing. Uh, I ghost wrote a Christmas toilet book this year. Wow. Yeah, wow. I mean, how do you, like, what is this ghost re- 
Because ghost writing, right, yeah. has sort of changed. Because when it sort of first started, ghost writers never said that they were ghost writers. No. Where, whereas now, like, you have, like, people saying, I'm the ghost writer for, like, I, I hear that around a lot. Like, in, mm. the, in the podcast uh, ether, when I listen to sort of, like, American, like, writers talking about stuff. Because I, I, disclosure, I, I, I'm a writer. Uh, do you as have a well ghost writer? No, I'd, you do that yourself? I'd love to get a ghost writer. A writer. I think it would make it quite... Yeah, I mean, actually, we're getting better acquainted. You could just give them the tapes and say, right, make that into it. Yeah. Make, that into, make that into a book. But actually, I like writing. That's a oh, weird, okay. weird, weird thing about me as a writer. I actually enjoy constructing uh. Uh, <laughs> stories. But, I mean, like... Now, now I feel like you, you wouldn't have necessarily said when ghostwriting sort of first started, people didn't mention it. Now people are sort mm. of comfortable putting it on their CV, all of that sort of stuff. I'm actually write, reading a book at the moment that was devised by J.J. Abrams, who also devised, um, I believe, Lost and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but he Trek. has devised it, and then someone else has written it. And yet their name is not, is not the name I remember, evidently, as the author of that book. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's hap- that happens even in in novel writing. I think doesn't it? Like it happens. It happens in all, all of these different places. It's like, like if you've got a brand name, then that gets bigger. Like you, you know, a lot of the time you see like a book which has Stephen King. It's so big on the on it, but it's not written by Stephen King. He just like maybe reviewed, like looked at the script once and then handed it over to somebody else. Maybe it's a book whose title is Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be clever, wouldn't it? That would be clever. Yeah. That's like that whole thing about where in, in bands where they say you should be call yourself free beer and that'll get uh, everybody in. But it, it's, it's, not, it's just it's not, a bit rubbish. It's that, a, in this Google age, that is not a good name. Well, yeah. Well, in, in this Google page. age, band names have, have, have gone right out of the window as, as churches with the V. Uh, oh. It's sort of like the first example of that. I was put off listening to them for ages, but they are amazing. Okay. So uh, don't be put off by the V, uh, people out there. They'll always be, be too virtues to me, though. Yeah, well, I see. I think. I, I think. That, I thought that you would be. The def- I don't even see myself on that continuum as the, as the kind of person who's that bothered by Vs in the in the middle of words. But you until are. then, yeah. You would have hated I, ancient Rome, wouldn't you? Sure. But I knew that you wouldn't like it because it's like you're much more like the like proofreading, I'm like just, like my girlfriend who's over there, like proofreading. I think I don't like novelty for novelty's sake, like the band Fun having a full stop afterwards. Just think that, that is a dick move that benefits <laughs> nobody. It's not fun. It's causing people to be pernickety about it. There's fun there. With ex- exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it must be like an interesting thing for you to be dealing with all of these, th- these pieces of writing that you get given and then mm. uh, wanting to align them all on the edge of the shelf correctly. <laughs> Which is odd, because it, it's, it's not like I keep things around me neat, but I suppose, um, I suppose when it's other people's work, I look at it and I just think, how can I make it the most like itself? Because sometimes I think a lot of authors don't know their own strengths, and I'm not saying that, yeah, they need me to understand themselves, but they've just they, they've thrown so much shit at the wall, they don't know what, what is the attractive pattern in all that shit, and they just scrape it off. It's an attractive analogy, I think. Um, LAUGHTER uh, and also just some people can't punctuate and <laughs> this is surprisingly important but you don't know that it's important until it hasn't happened right it's one of those things i mean speaking it's like kerning you don't know that that's good until it's bad no i'm i yeah. am one of those people like i am one of those people i'm sure you've noticed on facebook i can't punctuate very well i uh, haven't actually but now i'm going to notice oh, you, it well you will you should you should check that check it check <laughs> out my terrible my yeah, yeah yeah you should uh, the only reason people should read my posts is to, to check the punctuation, I feel. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, I'm not a punctuator. I am terrible at grammar, but I have 
things to say. So, I'm, to I, so I want an editor. I've never I'd noticed love it one. about you, Dave. Maybe, maybe you're better than you think you are. Well, maybe that's Ooh. true. Or maybe I just have somebody who lives in my house who edits um, my stuff. Do you edit all of his Facebook statuses, Jim? <laughs> yeah, no, well, yeah, it would be hard to edit my Facebook statuses. They, they happen so frequently. It would be a full-time job, I feel. Um, Get an intern. <laughs> your social oh, media manager that's another thing I'd love I'd love, an in- I'd, love, I'd love some interns but then you've got to have that thorny issue of like you know paying them or not paying them uh, so well, I, I only want interns when I can pay them yeah well uh, exactly so I have to wait and this is the thing about being an unpublished writer or, a, or a, as yet unpaid sort of uh, audio producer although that's not exactly true these days but, but, but uh, is that you're waiting for the interns you're waiting for the editor but you, it takes you, you have to do it yourself in order mm. to get to the point where you can get those, those resources and then Dave do you find that you could not actually delegate your Facebook statuses or your audio editing to some underling. I'm not giving my sa- my uh, my Facebook statuses to anyone. <clears throat> but, like, uh, at four p.m., write something about feminism. Yeah. Then at ten a.m. the next day, publicise the podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. mean to be reductive. I don't mind them. No, <laughs> I don't mind them. Very valuable they, can, they, can, they can they can publish publicise my po- podcast, but I prefer to write my own stuff about feminism for for better or worse. Uh, I'd like to to own that. Um, but but yeah, you've written. Uh, like you've written comedy stuff for yeah. the radio and for TV, yeah. um, like that—that's a thing that you've done. This is my yeah. idea of a question. Yeah. I don't really—I just bring up a topic. Yeah, yeah, um, that is true. And um, <laughs> the the thing is, though, I don't—I don't really feel like I've had a particularly creative role in it. What happens is that there are some shows where the regular writer gets a better offer. So then I'm sometimes drafted in to write jokes just in case, say, some of the panellists on a panel show have nothing to say because they've booked people that are not interesting. And yet there are, <laughs> they, they make a career of being on things to express the opinions they don't have. <laughs> so uh, people like me write 15 options of things they could say at every event of a panel show. It's sort of to demystify a lot of panel shows for you. I'm sure most of them are, are genuinely spontaneous. Uh, and, um, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's someone else's form. Like those most of the most of the TV things that I've written at the moment. Yeah, I mean, do you think that sort of comes from what you've done on Answer Me This? Because I mean, Answer Me This is 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 about you you sort of record it and then you edit it afterwards and you yeah. select the good the good stuff. Yeah. So I guess it probably helps quite well in that respect. Um, it's very different because I think on Answer Me This, I I don't really plan what I'm going to say at all, and then because it's edited, I can take out the stuff that wasn't amusing. But um, with these, you're writing in someone else's voice for an eventuality that may never happen. But yes, it did come out directly as a result of Answer Me This because a producer of a show liked Answer Me This and he was like, oh, I'll employ those guys. So that was nice because yeah. paid work is fun when you're freelance. For sure. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and so, I mean, so you've got your ghostwriting and you're writing for other people's voices. I mean, do you feel that that's like a, do you feel that's a restricting position? Would you like to write in your own voice? Would you like to do that? I am planning to write some sitcoms you're grinning at me in a terrifying way (laughs) are you going to do it because you probably can't no Um, no 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 I know that's not my grin my grin doesn't mean that it it means I wonder if she's going to like I wonder if I can find a way of getting on a a sitcom right that's what my grin's saying Um, I I think it'll be interesting to see if I can do it because um, it's certainly easier just doing a podcast where you just talk off the cuff and uh, therefore it takes uh, an hour or an hour and a half whereas yeah. writing seems to be a lot more arduous Dave that's why I don't do it and I don't know why you enjoy it uh, what, so you don't so, 
so, so like so writing something that you're sort of coming to it's not it you're one of those writers that didn't start off as a writer or did you start off as a writer um i've written quite a lot of reviews but that's not real i mean again i don't think i'm particularly good or creative at it um but yes i only write usually when someone is forcing me by paying me or giving me a deadline or preferably both See, that's the thing. I just give yeah. it away for free. I, I just, See, I will write even if there's no money or even if there's no nobody, God, nobody kind of reading. Artists. Yeah, well, it's, yeah it's, exactly. So it's always, it's always a strange thing when, when yeah. I guess, if you like, an artist is talking to somebody that comes to expression through a different route. Because I, I don't think that artists are uniquely more interesting than non-artists. We're just obsessive about creating stuff um, and so like uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I think that, that non, non people who don't start off writing have still got stuff to say and so I'm, I'm, I'm glad I want that to happen but it is a, it's a different it's a different uh, journey that you go go on to get there you know well I don't know if I do have anything to say <laughs> that's the thing that I don't know uh, I, and I don't know whether whatever it is that is lurking within to be expressed is best done so by writing it could be it could be that I never get it out at all, or that I decide to do it through, I don't know, patchwork or something. I'm much more likely to think, oh, let's do some lovely crafting than, than actually do something productive. And yet I haven't done any lovely crafting for a couple of months, so even that is not really happening. Well, it's, yeah, it's hard to fit hobbies in when, when, when you're doing so many other things, I guess. Wait, what, when you're writing jokes for panel shows? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I was writing on one show where I was commuting to Slough, and because all of the team were working in Slough as well and they were living in Slough, they had no reason to go home. So they were just working till one in the morning. They'd completely forgotten, really, that it wasn't that important. Just, just a comedy show, just a chat show, it's fine. Um, but they're in this little hothouse and they had nothing else to do. And um, I hadn't been in that environment for a really long time when someone was so pressurised that, that they thought what they were doing was more important than actually just going to sleep or not yeah. doing it. I mean, I'm in that environment on my own. I don't need anybody else. I'm like in the middle of the night worrying about my projects, like type, typing stuff out on my on my phone. I, I'm always kind of jealous of people who can can separate the. Like you're right. It doesn't matter. It definitely doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, I, I'm kind of jealous of the people who who can work just eight hours a day and they actually don't really care about their jobs. It doesn't mean much to their characters. There's something they do, then they go home and they have a nice time. And they don't place all of their self-worth on what they do. Right, me too. Yeah, I'm I don't doing... know what their lives mean, but they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, it is a sort of strange uh, ecosystem, I guess, like the writing world, mm. in that, that, that so many people from diff- come into it from different sides and, 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 and literary events in general. Like, it's, we've sort of been here today, there's been, like, comics talk mm. in the morning then a stand-up comedian then now there's some people who make audio stuff talking and and it sort of all comes under this kind of heading of kind of creativity of like of yeah. lit, lit, literariness or whatever but it's yeah. very different everyone's so different and that's what's yeah. great about it i guess i feel like i've exposed myself as like the least creative creative person of all but my, it's weird my dad's an artist he's a sculptor and he's he's been one for nearly 40 years and yet he has talking to him he could be almost anything else he would never talk about the artistic process or artistic motivations or anything like that he does dress quite scruffily you wear sort of several ragged jumpers that are splattered in bits of wax or plaster or anything but that's about the only identifying marker of him being an artist he was mis- mistaken for a beggar once by being grocer <laughs> when he was trying to buy an apple I think that means you're a bona fide artist yeah. Think, and, yeah and when he came to visit me at college people thought he was uh, one of the gardeners <laughs> but which I thought I thought was pretty cool that his uh, dress sense was was that but other than that you know there was no 
you couldn't go to him and say, Dad, what does this all mean? He'd be like, well, I was... Uh, yeah, I, was, I, I just needed to get it finished so I could watch the rugby this weekend. Yeah, that, that's the kind of motivation that he has. Well, that's, I mean, there are a lot of artists who can't comment on their craft. Like, or won't. Well, yeah, can't or yeah. won't. Yeah, I mean, I come up against this quite a lot because a lot of my friends happen to be like musicians or whatever, and I'm like, get them, I'll get them in and I'll get the microphone out and I'll be like, tell me why you do these things, how yeah. you do them. And they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to comment on this stuff because it just ruins the magic. Yeah, and you just get so There's many. There's no magic. They just want to talk about it because it's you know they, either they can't codify it, codify it, or they don't want to put it into words and realise how kind of stupid it sounds from wow. the outside. That's why I'm not going to listen back to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, but I, I know what you mean. There is yeah. a little bit of that. I do get frustrated with artists who won't prom- promote themselves, but mm. at the same time, I, I, I also think that, that, that a system that's that only values people who will promote themselves is also a bit problematic because there's loads of artists who have loads of great art to make but they don't want to get a website they don't want to go on twitter they yeah. don't want to do these they don't want to sit down in. there's lots of people who don't like to sit down in public and be watched who, who make creative things he says looking at his girlfriend jen yeah yeah that's what <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I do seem to always make people look at you in public, which is the, the thing you really don't want people to do. So that's good. That's why we're not getting married because she doesn't want people to look at her in public. So I don't know why. I don't know. What, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I was uh, reading about. I think it was weddings in Ghana where the couple are not obligated to be there. Maybe you could have one of those. Yeah. That's, yeah, that sounds good. We should. We should. We, we'll look into that later. Um, Everyone else just has a party. You could, you could probably go, Dave, but maybe you could go pretending to be a great uncle or something. <laughs> be, that'd be super. Stark. I want to go, yeah, go in disguise yeah. and like record everyone's like real like opinions about me. It's like it's like that whole thing of like. Is that legal? <laughs> probably Start not. Recording. I can get them to sign a, a waiver at the end, maybe when like reveal, yeah. have a big reveal at the end. We're signing a card for the couple. It's actually a release form. Ah. <laughs> Because that's the thing that always disappoints me about thinking about my funeral, that I can't be yes. there. Yeah, you, you, know? could have it, you could have it several years before you die, just right. to see what the speeches would be Well, like. I have planned it out. I've got, like a, play- I've got a playlist yeah, set. Yeah, of course, of course you got some, I have got some speeches, some readings. Yeah. Uh, cremational burial. Uh, oh, um, well, I want to be... Uh, uh, I, I want, then buried, buried? Well, I want to be buried. That you can get one of them buried things. In a fire pit. Buried in a cardboard box underneath a tree, but with yeah. a headstone. Oh. So I want a tree to grow out of me, but I also want some kind of marker, just because I like the, the randomness of that, just somebody walking through a forest and then, like, there's a thing that says, he tried, that's it. <laughs> like, I don't even want it to say my name, maybe, just he tried. That's like the only thing I want to be remembered of myself. Anyway, I'm giving off my psyche here. Yeah. Well, well, what would you would you would you decorate the coffin? So I went to a funeral of a family friend a few months ago, and it was covered in copies of paintings she'd done. I didn't know she was a painter, but it was really nice. Wow, that's yeah. nice. She was also there was some. I knew she was pretty nuts, but there were some incredible stories that came out during the uh, funeral service. One was that she um she she saw a dead badger on the verge once and so she picked it up and took it home and put it in the freezer and then whenever there was a children's party she would get oh, it wow. out and put it in a high chair in the middle of the room and uh, slowly defrosting and then once she was having a dinner party and realised there were 13 people so she got the badger out as well and made it replace and everything unfortunately they did not produce the badger at the wake which would have been the ultimate 
<laughs> that's off. amazing. It was amazing. I feel like I need to go movie. out and find a dead badger now just to like compete. Yeah, uh, and you can interview it. Oh uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't like, I haven't planned any any of that sort of stuff into my funeral plans. Well, that was that was like, for her life. Yeah. Imagine what she was planning for her funeral. She oh wow. Died quite suddenly. Yeah, that's well, that's a shame. And, yeah. and, and my my my, uh, my sympathies. No, no. Uh, I mean, look at the march. Always like to be making <laughs> a lot yeah. of traumatized children of Kent. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. That was going to be my sort of uh, psyche probing uh, like mm. angle late, late on in the, uh, in, in the conversation yeah. was going to be your, your father's a, a sculpture and how it like... He's a sculpture, yeah. Uh, mother has a thing for inanimate men. <laughs> right, a sculptor. Oh, a sculptor a this sculpt- is the reason why you should have a wedding because the speeches are a bit like the speeches people would make at your funeral because they're all about you and all about what people like about you. Still getting the no from over there, but that's all right. Uh, Jen, you can Skype in. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, like, so he, you grew up with him making stuff around yeah. you. Yes. Uh, you make craft stuff. Mm. Uh, was, did that happen to you, sort of like when you were a child? Like, did you get creative about craft areas when you were a child? Yeah, or? well, I did a lot of I did a lot of art when I was little. I think I was quite precocious at that until I was. 10 and gave it up for academic pursuits instead but I think probably actually that was it was slightly hothouse by by my dad as well maybe it was slightly validating his career choice and I use the term career wholly inappropriately <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not it's not like a career you know as an engineer or something. no it's choosing not to have a career as yeah. a pastime really yeah uh, uh, exactly um and my mum is um she was actually the daughter of an engineer who was always making stuff because things would go on in his mind and he'd think, oh, I've thought of a logistical problem, I will solve it using a flat bookcase. And, um, and then she would make a lot of stuff as well. So yeah, I guess there was that environment at home just to, just to make things and fill in the time that way. Although I don't remember my brothers really doing it. Um, one of my brothers would just obsessively watch sport the whole time. And uh, I'm not sure what the other one did. The other one used to shoot at tin cans out of the spare room window <laughs> to let off a bit of steam. I can, I can see the, I can see the appeal of the tin can thing more than the sports, but that's something about my inability yeah. to be a proper man. Yeah. Well, the tin can. Oh, come on! Are you, are you basing your? your well, I don't want to be sport? a proper man. The word proper, I don't, I don't really want like. To be a real boy. <laughs> yeah. Sport. Yeah, but tin can shooting is a kind of sport, really. Yeah, well, Sportish. you know, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know why I don't like sports. I guess I, I should, I, uh, I keep trying to think I should, I should find out why people love it. I think I can work it they're out. They're like, anyway. you know, team games, Dave, they're like plays in which all the characters are the same and there's no plot. <laughs> Maybe that's why you don't like wow, it. Wow, that's definitely why I don't like it, I okay. think. It doesn't sound, Next doesn't sound like my kind of play. <laughs> um, but... but yeah, so you grew up with craft stuff, yeah. um, and then you had the academic stuff, mm. right? And that sort of, you know, you spent a, a good chunk of time studying things that, that have no relevance to the modern world. You're suggesting yeah. that Latin and Greek are not relevant. <laughs> no, I'm not. That was well, well, were, that was a very good put down of what my point of view was. Uh, <laughs> are you suggesting that having to do a survey of the historic buildings of Seven Oaks is not relevant to today's world? <laughs> that one, you know, not, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, that one, that one, I, I'm less convinced by. But yeah, okay, Greek and Latin are important to, to language or something is it language yeah yeah language apparently yeah, language yeah. people are saying language yeah, culture language culture well, I, like myths. I like greek, greek myths I'm, I'm oh they're that. good aren't they <laughs> i don't know why people stop worshipping the greek gods because you could you could make that fit any scenario you wanted well i mean 
accidentally revealing my own psyche again. I, I, I did kind of worship the Greek gods for a year. All of them. Yeah, well, I, I like. Loads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gen, and then, but then I, when I was, ki- I was a kid, yeah. And then so I had like a year of Greek gods, but then I found Norse gods, and they were Whoa. way cooler, right? So never, never mind the Greek gods there. But, but I think of the Norse gods as being a bit more thuggish, and the Greek gods being a bit more demented. You turn yeah, yourself into a shaft of light and waking value, somebody. That's pretty weird. There's definitely values in both. I mean, I, okay. I do. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I, there is a big chunk of me still. Well, I mean, my first. My first the big uh, chunk of you still feels my the first Odin. Yeah, yeah. Well, my first um, understanding of a of a woman being a desi- someone I could desire was from a picture of Athena in God's Men, Men and Monsters when I was wow. uh, seven or something. Yeah, it was Athena and not Aphrodite or one of the sexy gods. No, Athena's sexy. Come on, do not be dissing. Do, she, she sexy Athena violence. smashed her way at, like like she 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 was like, you had to sm- Zeus had to smash his skull open to get Athena out. That is sexy. She, like, yes. Athena like was in charge of like uh, like well like had loads of people who sort of I mean Odysseus was like Athena's big big dude right and like <laughs> Odysseus dude. is definitely the the, the uh, hero I related to I mean not so much the kind of horrific stuff that he did like killing all those suitors when he got back and, and all of those and making making poor old he- Helen uh, well not, not that Helen uh, Persephone. Persephone uh, Penelope. Penelope. Wow, there we go. Yeah. Uh, to and think I loved these people Cersei. when I was a child. Yeah. But, but making, making her wake so long wasn't that great. But he was like about brains, and that's why he was, you know, I, I, I could relate to it. Anyway, you... you, you I, I don't know. You, you're sending me down. A, I don't know where I'm going now. I, I like to back, say it's... Back to your Grecian church. I right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Norse, Norse myths are not as sexy, basically, that's what I'm saying. It's uh, too cold, really, for them to get their kit off like the Greek gods could. Exactly, exactly. I think that's the problem. That, 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 that yeah. was the problem. But I'm trying to get back off me here. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I mean, I, yeah, one thing I thought we could talk about in a literary context... I should probably check the time. Well, yeah, we're, we're podcasters, we can yeah. fill time. We There's a massive clock there as well. Yeah, yeah, I know. That, that, that tells me how long we've been running, whereas Whoa. that just tells me what time it is. It tells you how much time the world has been running. Yeah, I don't know when this... Does anyone know when the library closes? Probably the library staff do. When do you, when do you close? Wow, OK, well, that's OK. I don't have to worry too much, which is good. But we won't be going on until 10 o'clock, everybody, but you never know. Um, so, so um, yeah, you chain... You, 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 you've got this podcast. Yes. And so... I mean, yeah, I guess where I was going at with, okay. with uh, crafts and stuff is that, that, that you did academic stuff, you've got craft stuff, and I, d- I think a combination of those sets you up quite well for audio editing and, and, uh, and, and audio manipulation, I think. Maybe. I think certainly doing book editing and stuff does, because I like the fact of having a finite amount of material and trying to make it, to make what you already have as, as good as you can using the resource at your disposal, which is essentially removing things. Yeah. I think it's so much easier to remove things than it is to create in the first place. So I'm an advocate of people just getting stuff out of them and then sorting it out afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I know quite a few people in the theatre world who are quite into like, like doing that, like devising the work and then making it good later yeah. on. It, yeah, making it good is an important part of the process. Yeah. Just splurging it out and not making it good, I, I do frown upon that. <laughs> I think that is, is arrogant. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's very annoying when people just splurge it out and it's brilliant straight away. Those people really frustrate me. Yeah, Um, they've probably got a horrible secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, (laughs) maybe. I mean, I'd like, I'd like to think so. But I mean, (laughs) it's definite. (laughs) 
that's, 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 yeah, you, you're, you're almost definitely right in a way. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, so you, you use these skills to sort of like start making Answer Me This, but then like to sort of conceptualize the way that Answer Me This works, I guess, is through those kind of skills. But then you've changed Answer Me This into a book. So it's kind of yeah. gone back and forwards. I mean, what was the process of changing Answer Me This into a book like? Oh, well, the process was um, a literary agent that we knew getting us far too much money. <laughs> so we thought, <laughs> yeah, of course we'll do that. So it was a really enjoyable process, actually. Um, I didn't, it, it wasn't just transcribing what we'd done in the podcast, because it's not that interesting to, to revisit what I've done before. I'd rather pretend it had never happened. Um, <laughs> so going back and... and Trying, trying to approach things in a different way. That, that was really fun. Um, but the problem was, again, I proofread the book. They didn't make the corrections. I know they're in there, so I can't go near it. Okay. That's, that's you know, just just the knowledge that there are about 50 typos in there. Is so you know that that must be, like, actual torture oh, to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. It's so pathetic, isn't it? It's so, so meaningless. But also we have had listeners to the podcast writing and saying, on page 58, I saw this error, and I know that you'll know. <laughs> and uh, so that's, that's irritating. I did do an index for that book, which was a lot more fun. It's not necessary. It was just like, well, you know, this will be the only time I index my own book, and it's not about stamps or anything. Yeah, it's an index of something that you're interested in and you've sort of experienced. Yeah. One of the most interesting books I worked on um, was, um, I'm not sure whether to read, but just as an experience to work on it, was uh, by this guy that was being sued by J.K. Rowling. Who's, he was such a huge fan of Harry Potter that he, he ran a website called the Harry Potter Lexicon where he codified like everything in the Harry Potter universe. And the book started with him saying, I read this book called Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and I thought it was really good. So I catalogued everything in it. And just put that as if that was a rational impulse that everyone has. You know, talking, yeah, you know, you know what I mean, right, guys? Um, and um, he'd, he, so he'd been running this website for a really long time and J.K. Rowling had actually used it whilst writing the later books because she was like, I can't remember what character's mum's called or when their birthday's supposed to be. So she actually used this website. And so he made a book of that website and then she sued him about it and while he was being sued about that book he wrote another book where he went around Britain looking for places that corresponded to places that he well, that are in the Harry Potter books but really were just places he thought looked a bit like them and then he went in to Scotland looking for Hogwarts and he was like well it can't be on this lock because there's a hill in the way so well it can't be on that lock because she made it all up so <laughs> you know you don't have to get caught up in the detail right. um, but he did this trip with his girlfriend who was half his age and a Tolkien fan and uh, it didn't work out between them. A lot of turf war. <clears throat> well, I can, under- I can understand that. Uh, yeah. I can't remember why I'm telling you that. No, well, it was, well it's to do broadly with literary uh, yeah. things, so that, that works, yeah. that works but pretty fine. I've never liked anything as much as he liked Harry Potter. I haven't even liked anything a tenth that much. Not even my husband. I, haven't, I, haven't <laughs> I can't imagine being so obsessed with something that is someone else's creative work to that extent, I guess. Yeah, I, mean, I don't... sued over it. As, yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if, if your husband would necessarily want to be uh, indexed as, <laughs> as thoroughly <laughs> as that. Him. Exactly, yeah, that, that, that's, that, yeah, that's a... That, I, I, don't, I never want to be indexed and codified no. by somebody that they can, like, actually just, like... I, I'm just a graph, basically, then, and then yeah. that's it. And then, then your parents will sue the person who codified you. <laughs> Sort of. <laughs> That's right. I mean, so yeah. I mean, so like, so you, the process of changing Answer Me This into a book, though, mm. like, was that, like, did it come easy? Like, was it an easy thing to do, or what, what was the, what, what's the difference between Answer Me This as a, as an audio piece and mm. Answer Me This as a book? Uh, for me, 
take your first question, it was easy, um, partly because I only had to write half the book because Ollie wrote the other half. Um, and because we could pick out of all the questions that we'd ever answered, I only picked the ones that I found quite easy to get into as a, as a piece of writing. I think the, the thing that is preferable about doing it as audio is that conversation works and it's throwaway, so if a bit isn't that amazing doesn't really matter if the answer's not that accurate whereas once it's enshrined in print it seems like it has to have a bit more to it it has to be a bit more august even if it's a, a toilet book yeah i mean transcribing com- if you tra- if you transcribe a conversation you'll quickly find out how banal nearly everything we say in conversation is like i mm. i say this as someone whose whose show is a conversation based podcast i believe in conversations as an art form but uh, transcribe them and they they let you down. They do. It's let the you punctuation down. because punctuation is tone. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's the punctuate. lack of tone. It's the lack of tone. Yeah. I mean, th- th- that's what makes kind of conversations interesting to listen to. Right. I think. So you uh, think the written word is inadequate for your human needs? <laughs> no. Thank God, podcasting's it, come along for you, Dave. No, no, no. I like <laughs> books. Actually, been like, born a couple of hundred years ago, and you just had epistolatory novels to rely upon. I like books. It's just a different discipline. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I mean, I certainly like. I certainly like books, uh, or I wouldn't bother writing them and then... Uh, and living in libraries during the day. And yeah, that. yeah. L- l- <laughs> I could do about the living in the library. Like, like, I don't know, it's probably controversial saying this in a library, uh, but... Um, you look at these books thinking, well, I'll burn them all. No, 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 I'm not thinking that. I love, I love libraries and I, I believe in them as a place that people should come to, but um, I, I, if I didn't work in them, I probably would come, come into, in them less and less because of the internet. And I think that, mm. that is something that, that libraries I know are grappling with and I'm sure they'll, do, do, they'll, they'll probably... I'm not sure of anything. That might be something that they, they, they grapple with yeah, well, and, my, and win. I went into our, my local library, the Upper Norwood Library in Crystal Palace, when writing the Answer Me This book. So I thought, well, that seems like the kind of place you'd go to write a book. And um, incidentally, one of the only independent libraries, I understand. Um, and it was full of people talking at full volume who also <laughs> smelt of piss. So it was actually a very bad and distracting working environment. So after a couple of times, I had to give up and not use the library anymore. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are, there are libraries that aren't like that, but there are, Can't also, imagine any. There are also libraries that are like that. I mean, th- but that's good. That's a working library. There's people in there. No, it was, uh, tramps. It was tramps going in there to spend the day. Well, that's good as well, in yeah, my view. I guess. Um, as long as they're reading, they're educated. Absolutely. We, I, I've, I've always welcomed homeless people into, into the libraries. Uh, as, the, the, the only issue is when you get people complaining about them, and that's a... That's a, that's a a complicated intersection of lots of different power systems that I have to deal with in my in my in my working life. So I yeah. never never liked it when people are complaining about people using a public space in whatever way yeah, they but like. But they're talking, Dave. It was well, the library. That's, it. that's all right. I mean, if they're talking, that's a problem. Although the, the librarian thing, was talking. Well, that's it. I actually oh. one of my earliest memories of libraries is complaining to the to a library like library staff about the the fact that they were talking really loud yeah. uh, when I was like 17 and wanting to study and then now I work in libraries I'm, I'm very worried I'm that person that's being like one day someone will come up to me and criticize me for talking loud but but as an anarchist do you find that the uh, rules of libraries <laughs> you're outing are me there in the library environment um, no, I, okay. I don't think... Anarchy except in libraries. We should share all information. That's not against an anarchist uh, principle. Maybe we shouldn't 
codify it, but then it's hard to find it. So I'm not necessarily <laughs> against indexes from an anarchist point of view. The idea is stored, etc. Um, but I, but I, I do believe that information should be freely shared and available to everyone, and that is what is excellent about libraries, that that is uh, what, what people can get from libraries is information. But there are lots of barriers as well in terms of people being scared to come into libraries. There's loads of ways that you need to reach out. I obviously work with children. Uh, to get them interested in books is key, or they're not going to come in and read them if they're not interested in them. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we should steer off this, because this as I'm not going to edit, edit this conversation, I've got to be careful what I say because of my day job. But um, what I would like to sort of like touch on now, I guess, is, is less the literary thing, but I think it still does does uh, tie in with that is that you've started recent, like relatively recently doing a, 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 a new podcast mm. that isn't Answer Me This. That's right. It's, um, it's called Sound Women and um, it's a podcast for a lobby group that has sprung up because the radio industry um, has relatively few women in it. It's something like under 20% presenters being female and behind the scenes an absolutely tiny number of women at high level in production and um, so I'm just making this podcast interviewing people that I think are interesting in radio it's a bit of a treat because I can just write to someone like Jane Garvey that hosts Women's Hour because I love her and go can I interview you please and really it's just an excuse to be in the same room as yeah. her <laughs> but it's nice to have created that pretext and there's another podcast as well which I've recorded loads of stuff for but it's just been sitting in a hard drive for six months so I haven't edited it yet because I've reached a pitch of being sick of editing it's a problem it is well that is a problem I, I, I've yeah. experienced that a little bit myself although I'm edit fatigue yeah yeah, big time. Yeah, but but um, so and 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 did sound did you approach Sound Women or did they approach you? I mean, how did that come to be? They approached me just to just to say hello and to do some stuff with them. So I went out for a coffee with uh, Maria, who founded it, and um, I was just thinking, what could I do for them? Because I think people with admin skills are always useful for say charities or lobby groups or protest movements I don't have any of those and I won't even pretend so I just think what can I do that will get this person off my back that might actually be useful to them and having an audio product for a radio industry group is sensible but um, yeah so it was kind of that thought I'd probably I'd probably I'd, it's something I can make and it will benefit them and it means they won't ask me to do like writing emails to people or using spreadsheets yeah I mean I think it's a great way of like uh, engaging with the, with, the, with, with the activism using your you're using your existing skills yeah. but I mean but so I promised I, a lot of podcasts to groups <laughs> aren't going to get them realistically I mean I'd, like how like so do you feel strongly about about like the Underrepresentation of women in the airways. Yes, um, it's obviously quite... it'd be funnier to go. Nah, fuck them. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I was uh, interested to see how he like. Yeah, yes, I, I just think it, it's it's so ridiculous, and I, it hadn't really occurred to me. Although when I was young, I remember listening to Invicta FM, uh, the, the Kent commercial radio station, as was then, and there being after many months one female DJ, and I thought this isn't right. What is this? Um, but actually, it's just it's just representative of the fact that there are so few, and um, and it's all it's based on research that no one has really seen that says that women don't like listening to women and men don't like listening to women. But no one has seen this research, it seems, in living memory, and no one knows what sample group that was based I, on. I, that's very strange. I'm sure there are lots of men who specifically only like to listen to women. Um, but yeah, anyway, not sure that's entirely helpful <clears throat> either. But no, yes. that, well, that that isn't <laughs> helpful. In a storm. But, that, but that's what I mean. I mean, what what is the point in in in, yeah. in, in that 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 clearly is 
not true, I don't think. Well, like, if, if, even if it is, why perpetrate it? It's right. so stupid. If, if it is true, then why don't people want to listen to women? Uh, patriarchy, yeah. let's smash that then. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I do feel strongly about it because it's absolutely absurd. And yet the people that could solve it are by and large people whom the problem doesn't affect. And I guess as well it's the same with the underrepresentation of uh, different races and different demographic backgrounds in radio similarly, but I guess gender cuts across all of those as well. Yeah. Um, but yes, mostly it's run by white men, so they go, oh, well, I suppose that is a problem, but not for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... Speaking as a middle-class white man, we are yeah, pretty fault, bloody Dave. useless yeah. and we need to get our act together. Oh. Uh, hire me, people, and then I'll <laughs> let women in. Um, yeah. Uh, that You'd was a, that a vague joke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. You'd be a very good gatekeeper, wouldn't you? Uh, You'd uh, open it for, a, for all the bright people. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be a keeper of the gate. I would just open the gate. And You'd then just set just fire stay. to the gate. Yes. Yeah, and smash the fence down. <laughs> Kind of. I've, I've, all the goats out. I think it would be it'd be nice to like not. I mean, I say this is completely against my own best interest, but it would like to not have middle class white men in there for a while. But uh, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's you know just like with politics, it would be nice to have a completely and utterly female uh, run uh, political system for a bit. Uh, just like to, to even things out, just out, 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 just to see how that goes. I mean, I think what we discover is. Uh, women in power are just as bad as men in power yeah. and that's why I'm an anarchist but but the thing but is it would still be interesting to see what if they're not what if they're not what if they're just much better at running stuff and I, I go actually anarchy it was only necessary when men were in charge <laughs> <laughs> anarchy is just your femininity day bursting out uh, maybe just a mixture would be fine no obviously what, yeah. what I want is a mixture I, I don't know like It'd be nice if one didn't even have to think about it. You right, think, oh, right. better get some women in, just uh, positive discrimination. You just think, well, I'll hire some people. Some of those will probably be female, won't they? Well, yeah, or ab- male. Absolutely, absolutely. Ab- no, or or intersex, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah. Any any of the genders that are available yeah. should should. should uh, but we but the thing is, we don't we don't have a system that is doing that though. That is hiring based on just like on merit alone. So, I mean, I yeah. guess positive discrimination is something that eventually... Yeah. Kind of, you have to have a little bit of that, surely, if you're going to get... And there are various me- uh, motions to, to bring more women in, like the BBC have now made a pledge to get more women in on, on breakfast time and stuff, but they haven't said, well, we'll just get someone in to giggle in the background. But that, that is something that could happen. Um, yeah, you're right, I guess you do have to do these... In order to affect change, you have to make a conscious decision to change the way you do these things. But then you get a kind of Blair's Babe situation. We're like, well, look, we got fern cotton in, and no one seems to like it. That, yeah. that kind of that no. kind of getting a high-profile female presenter in. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, I think. Do you th- do you think that the part of the issue is that there aren't enough women behind the scenes making radio? Like, it's it's all very well to be talking about like who we actually hear in the official mouthpieces of radio yeah. but if, if it's only men making radio with women occasionally being allowed to, to be the voices that's problematic too isn't it well apparently there are a lot of women until about the age of 35 where apparently loads of them leave the profession and do something else and I don't know why that is whether it's because of they're, they're tired of trying to climb that ladder or because of childcare things like that um, so it could be that you need more women behind the scenes um, I suppose uh, it could be that the women that are behind the scenes hate other women. <laughs> it's really hard to know. But that's not really been your experience talking to people through sound women, though. I mean, no, but you... that's because I'm preaching to the converted. Right. It? Okay. Um, 
it's it's interesting talking to people who weren't aware of the problem and didn't want to be aware of it and you're gently making them aware of it rather than going look what has happened you're just going oh see this uh, illogical thing eh giggle giggle and they're like yeah it is illogical yeah yeah no that is bad but actually it's not something they care about yeah well i mean that's the problem with with talking to yeah uh, to, to to most most people is that they'll be like yeah yeah that's a that's an issue yeah it's an issue uh go get on with my life now but thanks for telling me your issue yeah uh, yeah. yeah what's your issue what's my issue yeah what's your issue well Dave? i'm disadvantaged because i'm a, a white middle class man obviously <laughs> yeah. and it's very hard for me in this culture no i mean you are really the, the discriminated minority i am the majo- well the discriminated majority well, I'm, I, I yeah i i, I never get an, I, my voice never gets out there i never it? hear my own my own people out there no. um but actually weirdly enough i'm not claiming that that's irony obviously that's a joke <laughs> We all know that irony is an awkward way of making jokes and it can make you look like you're endorsing the, the thing that you're yeah. criticising. It's but, such a difficult line, isn't it? But that, with the music videos. But that said, like, I guess my issue is, like, as you kind of know, feminism. Is, uh-huh. that, is that as a, a non, non-masculine uh, man growing up, I, the issues that, that, ho- that hit home to me the most are... Uh, issues of gender equality mm. and uh, uh, not and, and and from that you know uh, accepting the other accepting people who are different because at, at school when I was when I was bullied growing up I got a, a name that became a label and that was a kind of hate term that was appro- uh, applied mm. to me for years and years and years and so whilst I am to look at me not the other I'm not going to claim I don't get white privilege I'm not going to claim I don't experience male privilege and all the privileges that my my skin colour and my gender give your me your manly beard right that, but, that, but, 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 but I have some sympathy with the other from my experience at school and, and, I, and, and, and generally identify with the other rather mm. than with in fact I don't it took me a long time to stop hating men uh, do you feel <laughs> guilty for being a white man uh definitely yeah there's not much you can well, do i feel about guilty it. for everything you've got yeah, to understand okay, yeah, yeah. that right <laughs> i feel guilty for everything like from you know well from i mean i was told as here we go you're like you're worried about me getting into your psyche and you're getting yeah. all of the sorry things. look at all these defenses that i've brought like, with me yeah growing up i was told repeatedly by my mum at a certain point that men were evil and wrong and bad and and, and responsible for everything that was sweet of her. what was she trying to do with that do you think? she was reacting to, pa- to, to 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 patriarchy right so right. when people say miss and but, but shouldn't she have reacted to her son going look if you if you behave badly then you can become evil but don't rather than going all men are bad so good luck with your life sure it's sure bad. but when you're from a, a a group that's oppressed it's more understandable when you hate when you are negative about the oppressors right regardless of the fact that yes yeah, she wasn't fair and she was bang out of order to me i'm not going to deny that but like when people say when people say uh misandry yeah. like that doesn't really exist apart from uh, as a reaction to misogyny so my mum had uh, experiences of misogyny that, that caused her to hate men for a bit and she hasn't got any boundaries so she communicated that to her growing up son not ideal uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to say I'm not going to sign off not on the behaviour don't do that to your yeah. children but, but under, more understandable I think okay. Um, <laughs> motivated misandry. 
Yeah, okay. and, 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 and also, you know, it's, it's fair enough to slag it. Like people say, when people say that's misandrist, they just mean that, that somebody wants to moan about men. Uh, that's fair enough. Men are dicks. I moan about men. Men should be moaned about. That's yeah. reasonable. People are dicks. Let's be equal opportunities about it. Yeah, but, okay, sure. But gendered behaviour mm. is dickish. And so the way of summing that up can be to say men, right? Or mm. the way to, to sum up racist behaviour can be to say white. Uh, or to ableist behaviour is to say able-bodied, whatever words mm. we're getting at. But, uh, but, but basically, yeah, that's my issue. Uh, you know, Jesus, yeah, you <laughs> asked me the question, what's your issue? And then here we go. I'm telling right you my issue on, on tape. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, I guess, like, surely your issue is a bit that you're, you're, you're campaigning for equality, I guess, for you sound women. I mean, that's something... Campaigning, I, I imagine, is something you feel deeply uncomfortable being Yeah, because I'm such a you. slacker. I, I don't do anything useful for anybody, really, apart from make this little entertainment product for them. Um, yeah, no, I think, really, I'm instrumental in their campaign. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> um, I think it is important, but it's the kind of thing that I, I didn't even understand when I was young, when I was at university, say, I, I, I didn't self-identify as a feminist because I thought feminists were really tiresome and also and so I just didn't want to be tiresome I didn't want want to self-identify as a tiresome feminist and also a lot of them were also not feminist because they would often uh, base all their self-esteem on uh, whether they're attractive to men I thought well that's not well they're hypocrites and tiresome so I'm not a feminist and so it actually took me till my mid-20s to think yeah well, this is still going on. I assumed that all the genders were equal, but they're not. So now I am one, and I yeah. feel like a bit of a end for not having been one earlier. Well, yeah, but I mean, uh, calling yourself feminist is not necessarily all it is anyway. If, you, if you're behaving in a way that, that, that is pushing for your, like... You're, you're, you're a, you are somebody who, like, has controlled your, like, career, has, has like, pushed yourself out there like mm. you know you, on, on answer me this you're you are the anchor you're the strong f- female voice you don't have to say you're a feminist to be a positive like uh example of of we don't have to be examples anyway I no hate indeed that, that idea. did you have role models when you were growing up because i didn't i think that's a really absurd notion they were all oh, look rihanna exposing herself but she's a role model to children it's like well, no she's not she's a pop singer like yeah. why on earth would you look at her and think well I must do whatever she does that, that always seemed very logical to me even as a child and children are supposed to be stupid and weak brained sure <laughs> I mean I think all of my role models were either you know were fictional or as we as we touched on earlier on Greek gods or Norse yeah. gods uh, yeah not fictional uh, which were the fictional ones then Dave <laughs> Um, oh, see, that's that's. Great. I've been given the five-minute warning. I'm trying okay. to like wrap up. One then, minute, then. Then, One then you're like you're asking me to, to to delve into who my fictional role models were. Oh, um, sorry. No, no, that's great. That's yeah. I don't normally heckle my uh, my guests quite so strongly. Uh, oh, you want to fight, do you, Dane? Um, yes. On I would. On, I would probably on, lose. On, on, Battle of wits. I would definitely lose. <laughs> that's all I have. Just a shield of words. <laughs> Meaningless words. On answer me this. I suppose I am. Uh, I, I think all of our gender roles are not particularly traditional and answer me this. I, I think we don't say things from a traditional gendered perspective. We just say the things we believe. So Ollie's, Ollie likes musicals and a lot of things that are traditionally unmanly. And my husband, Martin, who is a sound man, I think like you, Dave, he, he, he grew up hating machismo. Yeah. And I grew up in quite a masculine household where I didn't really understand femininity. So I suppose now we're all just... Just, uh, I suppose our genders are not the most important identifier. 
Well, I think characters. that's pretty much a, a <laughs> correct for everybody, really. And, and that's I don't know, some people, they might, yeah, well, yeah, no. woman, any, that's it. They uh, may be, no, they, I don't have a favourite book. No. Yeah, but that may be their, their identity, but it's not like the, the, their gender defines that. That's something yes. else, that, that's something within them that they may be like that's within general culture. Yeah. But, like, I like that about podcasts is that... that by giving people like real people just talking, it does mm. kind of just challenge this idea that we're all one unified, we're in boxes. I think one of the things I like about me, the medium of podcasting is it, it can break people a bit, it can make people more personal mm. and more, so much more individual uh, and that makes us more universal. We're Which, all individuals, we're all different. Yeah, exactly, we are all, we, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say the same thing as you again for no real reason. Um, so yeah, the last thing I ask people is do you have anything to plug? So, um, well, I suppose the podcast Answer Me This and Sound Women. I'm trying to think of other things, I should have come prepared with a huge list. Well, this is going to go out. This is going. This isn't. Gonna, this isn't like my normal ones. It's going to. It will go out quite soon. It won't okay. go out this Wednesday, but it'll go out the Wednesday after. Oh, so well. if you've got anything specific, yeah. Uh, there's a new Answer Me This album. Answer Me This Christmas. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, to that. To, to to getting getting a hold of that. Are you? Are you, are you feeling Christmassy already, Dave? Uh, I hate Christmas in. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I also love it. So I'm. I, I, You're I, like I, a Quaker, then, aren't you? I, I'm. Look, don't ask me about Christmas, or I definitely can't. I can't. Can't do that in a minute. Uh, I, I. I worship Thor. <laughs> that'd be all right. Yeah. It's all. You know. It all, it all comes back to my mother. That's. A, that's the kind of feminist I am. One that. that Blames mother. Hates the mother. Uh, um, I don't hate my mother. But she's all right. She's, she's. She's just. She's just a bit of a handful. She's just the way she is. So. She make uh, my mum. She's very easy to get on with. <laughs> Thanks. You'd have a lovely time with her. I think, Get her on the show. And on that, that on that note of kind of mother privilege, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah we should probably r- wrap up. The, the yeah, it's been a pleasure. I'm forgetting Thank my you. own catchphrases because yeah. I'm in front of people. But it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you, and, Helen, and with you, Dave. Again, and, okay. and uh, yeah. Um, One would think that there's there's you know so much more to find out about you, even after you've, you've acquainted people with yourself all this all this much, and yet. Still... I don't even know who your fictional role models were. Well, I have to say, that, yeah, well, maybe, maybe we can do that, you know, in a social environment when we're not, like, on mic. It doesn't count when it's not on mic. <laughs> yeah, that's what I keep saying. Um, so so uh, <laughs> the last thing I ask my guests to do is to say goodbye to the audience, which is always weird when there's an actual live audience there, too. Yeah, yeah. well, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bye, everybody. Uh, so, oh, how, uh, can we try... Um, can the audience say goodbye after three? One, two, three. Bye. 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 And so I turned off the microphone just as the audience were starting to clap like a true audio professional. And I also didn't plug my own stuff. And it seems like it would be a good idea to do so because I've got some stuff coming up. So... I'd like to invite you, Getting Better Acquainted listeners, to have a tragic Christmas with me on the 12th of December at the Dog Star in Brixton. Uh, we start at 7.30. Dry your eyes, it's time to go. This is part of Stand Up Tragedy, which is a night that I run. Show. 
can find out more about that and buy tickets and stuff at www.standuptragedy.co.uk It's a variety night where people stand up and they do tragedy. And we're going to be doing a night of Christmas-based tragedy. We've got brilliant comedians Felicity Ward and Beck Hill. And we've got Steve Cross as well, who does kind of comedy, but also kind of academic science engagement. We've got Martin Ostwick, who is otherwise known as the Sound of the Ladies, or Martin the Soundman, who is the husband of Helen, who you've just heard in this show. He's going to be doing some songs. We've got true storytelling. I'm going to tell some true stories of my own tragic Christmases, some of which you may have heard on Getting Better Acquainted over the years. And we've got Radcliffe Royds, who's also been on on Getting Better Acquainted, who's had an amazing life, uh, full of tragedy, sadly, but he's uh, very good at telling that story. And he's going to be talking about his tragic Christmas. We've got Superbard, who is also a, has been a guest on Getting Better Acquainted. He's going to be doing, he said, the saddest Christmas story ever. That's what he was trying to write. So I'm looking forward to that. And we've got Lucy Ayrton, who has also been on this show. And she is uh, going to be doing some spoken word. And she does really beautiful spoken word. So I recommend uh, her very highly. And we've got Richard Tyrone Jones, who again has been on the show before. He is going to do some spoken word too about Christmas. And we've got James Mackay, who is going to do some Christmas tragedy from the past. And we're going to be having Christmas sing-along with Kit Lovelace playing the piano. And Kit Lovelace has also been on this show, so it's going to be a bit of a getting better acquainted party. So come along to Tragic Christmas at the Dog Star in Brixton. 12th of December, 7.30. Tickets in advance are £5 or £7 if you also want the Stand-Up Tragedy fanzine. It's going to be the first issue of the Stand-Up Tragedy fanzine and we're looking forward to sharing that with you. On the door, on the night, it will be £7 or £9 including the fanzine. And the whole gig is run to raise money for the amazing organisation Arts Emergency who I believe in and uh, they basically are about trying to help people who would not have access to the arts and the humanities get access to the arts and humanities. It's about mentoring, it's about activism, it's about trying to help us have more voices out there from a wider variety of backgrounds. And I really believe in them. I think Helen is a mentor for them as well, who you've just heard, so I'm sure she won't mind me putting this plug on the end of the conversation. Thanks very much. Bye.
getting better acquainted on Twitter at UVA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook. It's getting better acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk. You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app, you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.